I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Shahida Alamin. Shahida is a retired hairstylist, salon owner turned homemaker, home educator, and community builder. As a wife of 15 years and mother to four children, she takes pride in nurturing her home and her people. She is co-founder of Boss Mom Nation, a brand and community inspired by the experiences of Black motherhood. Shahida's ultimate goal is to make the best use of her time while being a light of inspiration and service to others. When you hear the word mother, what does it bring to mind? What what does mother mean to you? Mm, it's such a deep-rooted word. The, the, the number one thing I think about is a nurturer. Mm-hmm. A nurturer, um, a source of light, um, a caretaker, an educator, but ultimately a nurturer because you can nurture people, children, family members in so many different ways. Um, so nurturer would be the the leading word when I think of a mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you think of your own mother or mother's who comes to mind? Mm. Well, you know, when I think of my mother, I was I was mothered by village for sure because mm-hmm. my parents divorced when I was probably around the age of five. Mm-hmm. And while my father was very much so present in my life still, mm-hmm. um, my mother had such a very rich sisterhood of friends Mm -hmm. that really supported her in um in raising my brother and I when I was five I had my younger brother was about three Mm -hmm. so as my mother was journeying through single parenthood she Mm -hmm. had so many friends who just showed up as like aunties Mm -hmm. and and mothered my brother and I in a sense so when Mm -hmm. I think of my mother I also think about my godmother and all of my all of the women that were her friends that felt like mothers to me as well. Mm. Um, and my mother was um, she is very uh, real. Like my mom is like as real and raw as they come. So <laughs> she's always been very honest mm-hmm. as a mom. You know, she's not the sugar coated, make it sweet. She's like regardless of how it sounds i'm gonna give it to you so you know what it is and she was like that from the start so Mm. uh, i can remember being young and my mom saying things just explaining different dynamics and stories and situations to me Mm -hmm. so that i knew what was really you know the real about what was happening in the world or what our situation was and Mm. or things that i was coming encountering she was just this very real raw and honest and she's still like that to this day Mm. and as a child and as an adolescent 
did that work for you? Did you appreciate that realness, that rawness, that honesty, or was it challenging for you? Well, it was challenging at times, but for the most part, I appreciated it because I wasn't a very curious child in the sense of, uh, I've always been like very safe. Like even as an adult, I'm not a huge risk taker. I'll take risk if it's something that I'm passionate about or that I believe in. Mm -hmm. But, um, but as a child, for the most part, I was, you know, I, I, I appreciated that guidance. Mm -hmm. So like, let's just give an example in, in high school, I grew up at, am going attending a Muslim private school all the way from preschool to about eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So after eighth grade, I went to a, uh, for ninth grade, I entered high school in a huge school that was like five times the size of my, uh, my the private school I attended all of my life. Mm -hmm. So I came across a different type of people. So I encountered different friends and I would get into friendships and my mom would be like, okay, no, Mm -hmm. This is not the friendship you want to deal with. Mm -hmm. This girl is X, Y, and Z. I can tell as soon as I see her. And she was, she, it's almost like she really just, when I would seem to get off the path, mm -hmm. the she would bring me back and I trusted it. And, and she, even though her approach was very real and raw, it was still much from a place of like, I'm your mom, so I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, mm -hmm. but I'm also just giving you this information as a friend, too. Like, you would, you, this is in your best interest to make this move. My mom had a really good um, balance of speaking to me as a friend or mentor or, gu or guiding me mm -hmm. and, and as an authoritative, an authoritative person, too, of my mom. She's an, she's an authority, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, so for the most part, I received everything that she had to um, teach me about as I was growing up. Mm. So outside of, you know, her being real and raw with you and you feeling, you know, then and now like that was honesty that you needed. What are the what are some other aspects of the way that she parented you and mothered you that felt in alignment with what you needed specifically as as a child and an adolescent? Mm. I think that when my parents divorced since I was so young, um and they they co-parented pretty well for the most part. So mm -hmm. I would say it was still a very healthy relationship between my mom and my father, me, and mm -hmm. the times we spent together. Um, I think, I, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, there's nothing, and I've thought about this as I've become an adult and as I'm mothering. Mm hmm a young a girl, a young lady growing up, there was never a time where I felt like I needed something from my mom that she couldn't give. Mm -hmm. I mean, there, and my mom grew up very differently than me. Like my mom, my grandmother was quite opposite of my mom. My mom was very loving and nurturing and she, you know, she talked, she really cared about the relationship that she had with her children mm -hmm. and the time spent while my grandmother, she worked a lot. Mm -hmm. She, and she gave my mom a lot of material things. So my, mm -hmm. my grandmother and my mom 
they were not close at all. And I can remember um, growing up and just always when my mom needed some financial support, that's when she called my grandmother and mm. and she and she knew she could get it. And if my grandmother didn't have it, then my mom would respond in this way. And I recently talked to my mom about that. Like, I know this is kind of going off a little bit, but I'll connect. Mm. <laughs> but um, but I remember feeling like, wow, my mom really gets upset at my grandmother if she doesn't give her this financial support that she needs. Mm-hmm. And but as I grew up and I started to understand, like, well, that was the basis of their mother daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. She always mm-hmm. gave her material things or financial support throughout her entire development mm-hmm. right and my mother was adopted so she when she found out she was adopted in a way that wasn't pleasant for her so she the relationship was was pretty strained so my mm-hmm. mother she was very intentional about the way she mothered because she knew what she missed so mm-hmm. i think that for that reason uh i can't think of anything that i think that I wish my mother would have done differently because she was just always there. and She always held space regardless of what we were going through. We moved a lot, different changes, had to go to different schools often, but she was always there, mm. you know, mm-hmm. mentally and physically. So, right. yeah. Right. So thinking about the differences between the way that your grandmother mothered your mother how is the way that you parent your children similar to and different from the way your mother mothered you yeah you know I love that question because I talk with my mom about that a lot and Mm -hmm. my mom was um, staying with me and my family for about six months um earlier in the year or Mm -hmm. last year during COVID Mm -hmm. and so she was able to observe me a lot as a mom and we talked a lot about how uh how different I parent than her and and the similarities also so I'm very real and raw and honest with my children like my mother was with me and Mm -hmm. I speak a word really direct I'm I'm not um I'm not a sugar coder, but mm-hmm. I but I'm also very nurturing and let my children know that I'm 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 I mean what I say, but I'm also going to give you the love that you need depending on the situation. You know, the mm-hmm. things change. Children need have different needs at different times. Right. But one thing about me that's different with my mother is I do I talk a lot more. I give my children more time and space to get their feelings out mm-hmm. and my mom was a little more like, my word is bond. That's it. I said what I said, you know, but me, I'm like, I give my children a little bit more room. But one thing that's different is my mom was, when I was growing up, my mom married a few other times after my, my, uh, after she divorced my father, Mm -hmm. but she was single most of the time. So she lived a life of surviving more than thriving Mm. and I'm thriving I've been married to my husband for 15 years we live in a home that we are purchasing I never grew up in a a stable home Mm -hmm. after my parents divorced so my situation I'm mothering in a different environment I'm mothering in a very secure environment I'm not worried about a bill being paid I'm not worried about what we're going to eat I'm not worried about those things that my mom had to 
think about and consider as she was just showing up as a mother there were all these other things she had to um do mm-hmm. or to provide mm-hmm. so it's just a different energy that i'm mothering with so i'm able to not be maybe upset or stressed like my mom was in certain stages of her parenting right. versus the life of comfort that i'm blessed to have mm. yeah and it's such a beautiful thing that you have that perspective and can recognize the differences in circumstances that both you and your mother, you know, are parenting or parented through and how those can affect the way that you show up. Um, yeah. 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 And it was a blessing for her to be here and to see me and see and I'm, I have four children and I'm the oldest of four. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had quite a lot of responsibility as the oldest of four. So my mom is, my mom and all of my mom's friends who knew me growing up are, everyone's mind is blown that I have four children. Cause they're <laughs> like, we would never thought you would have had four children because I was like a little young mom helping my mom so much. I can mm-hmm. remember being the eighth, being in the eighth grade and my mom coming to get me from school and I had to leave school because she had got a random job interview Mm -hmm. and she came to school with my younger sister and we didn't live far from the school and she had to rush off to her job interview and I had to walk home with my baby sister in the stroller Mm -hmm. so I could so parenting was not something I was looking forward to I was never that girl that was like oh when I grow up I want three kids I want this and I was Mm -hmm. not thinking about children (laughs) naturally I got married so I had a few but it wasn't um so it's 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 beautiful for my mom to see me evolve as a mother and to see me uh really just hold my power as a mother and see it see it really be a huge contribution to the woman that I have become becoming and she can see she can respect the difference between the way I'm parenting versus how she parents so she'll she would call it out like you know what, you are talking, you're giving these kids too much time to talk. You said what you had to say and you're letting them go back and forth with you. But I'm like, no, I'm fine because mm-hmm. we're still going to get to, I'm still the authority, but I still allow them to express. And then I give them the logic of why things are what they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but my mom was not doing all that talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's... um. We will laugh about it, but then she would be like, hey, you know, but I see what you're doing. I see you are making the effort to break some of those generational curses uh, mm-hmm. and do things better. And that's what you're, that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to take the goodness of what we got from our mothers and expand it and leave behind what, what may not have served us the best. But, um, mm-hmm. and like I said, for the most part, my, my mom gave, my mom gave me a lot to work with, so. Mm. you know so speaking about generational curses are there specific curses within your family that you have intentionally been working to break or are there general um you know generational curses that we carry within the black community that you think it's important that we work to you know to break yeah yeah it's a little bit of both like 
general curses just even in the way that we feed our families mm -hmm. um one of the main things my mother grew up in the south in richmond virginia and um my the when she was growing up the family they ate a lot of pork my mom never really liked pork though even though she you know that was what was offered to her a lot but my family um my mom became muslim before i was born so i'm born and raised muslim so i never ate pork mm -hmm. but we but i you know the quality of food. My, my mom wasn't raised in an environment or in a household that taught her how to eat to live, you know? Mm -hmm. So she had to first become aware of that on her own. Um, and then at the same time as being a, being a single mother and trying to be able to feed her family feed us on a budget, mm -hmm. but also feed us right. And and also, you know, I think it's it's a it's a huge mindset shift that has to happen when you become really serious about the food that you eat. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And once again, going back to me talking about the state of, you know, just where my mother was mentally after she divorced my father. Mm -hmm. I just didn't feel like she was in a place to really focus a whole lot on that. She just needs to make sure she fed us. And we didn't eat horribly. My mom had standards. Mm -hmm. But um, one of those, that's just one of the generational things that I'm in very intentional, intentionally working on mm -hmm. in my home. Because I do have a comfortable situation where I can sit down for a couple of hours on a Sunday and intentionally think about what I'm going to buy. Mm -hmm. How am I going to make a shift in how we eat this way? This week, me and my husband are very, we're uh, always taking small steps to get to a healthier space mm -hmm. of eating, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're not just like cold turkey or anything. We're just like, okay, well, how can we change this a little bit? Or I saw this recipe. We can, you know, try this and eat a meatless meal on a Wednesday this week. You know, just mm -hmm. doing different things. So my mom wasn't doing that. So that's an example of something that I'm trying to change and break because my mom, she um she has multiple sclerosis mm -hmm. and there's no major um there's no like cure for it or mm -hmm. or real diagnose or, or like cause right mm -hmm. but it's i mean it's obviously overall what her and i boiled it down to is um just the way she was able to take care of herself over the years, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. including food and diet. Because one thing she knows for sure is it's the food and diet that helps her mobility be better through her day to day life. So like my mom eats something not so great. She's not going she's not going to be able to move around as much. But when she's more on point with her eating for the week, then her mobility is better. So we know right there that the food makes a big difference. So my mom watching my mom with multiple sclerosis is a huge reminder of me to be more mindful of just how I'm living and how I'm teaching my children how to take care of themselves and not just with food, but wellness overall. So that would be the main generational curse that I'm trying to break. The word wellness was never even used in my mom's vocabulary when raising me, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of things that I'm having to relearn or learn Mm -hmm. about overall wellness so that when my children leave my home, they know how to fully implement these things for themselves. And then when they have a family, they can teach them that too. So I'm learning so much that I want to pass down that my mom wasn't as necessarily able to, or she didn't have the tools or 
the resources or even the knowledge at that time to give to me so that I could give it to my children seamlessly. Like I've had to learn a lot along the way. Right, right. So in thinking about the things that you have learned, is there something that your mother said a lot to you or something that she said to you that just really stuck with you, something that you revisit? so many things like I I'm always calling my mother like there's a a friend of mine who's like she's only met my mom a few times but she's always like I feel like I know your mom because you are always like oh well I can't remember what my mom said or my mom said this or my you know so Mm -hmm. there's just so many things that my mom I can even just think about with as as she was raising me and my siblings um after my brother my me and my brother my mom be married and she had um my daughter um, my daughter another daughter Mm -hmm. my sister my younger sister and then another younger brother Mm -hmm. but it's like a nine-year gap after after my brother then it was like nine years before she had my the next set of kids Mm -hmm. so um my mom always has like now that we talk about parenting she always has these different things that she just reminds me of what she was thinking at a certain time. And she's like, you know, with you, when you guys were growing up, I made sure I always wanted to know the people that lived in my house. Mm. So that's why she always, you know, she provided a safe space where even if we had made a bad decision or got into a bad situation, she never wanted us hiding things from her. Mm. And even when like my brother would get into trouble, if I did something, for the most part, I stayed on the safe side because I just never wanted any problems. (laughs) So I didn't do a lot. I I didn't do a lot of things. My mom can tell anybody like I was the child that gave her the least drama. Mm -hmm. So, um, but my mom, but we could always come to her with anything. We didn't have to hide and lie and all of that because one, we always knew it would come out and it would come back on us. But my mom always said, I, I set the stage because I wanted to, I wanted to know who I was living in my house. I wanted mm-hmm. to make sure that I could connect with you because a lot of parents are living with their children and they don't know what they're going, what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. They're, they have different relationships and friendships or they're going through things that they're just sitting with within themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're living right in the same home with you. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think about that a lot with my children too. So I tell my children, um, you know, they're, they're young. So when they're making mistakes and stuff, I try not to be, I'm not hard on them so that they're trying to be so flawless to show mm-hmm. up for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Because then you create this barrier and then they're not, they're humans. So they're going to make mistakes. But when they're trying to hide them from you, then you, it just creates a, um, it creates an unwanted space between you and your child, the connection between parent and child, mother and child specifically. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, I love that. Um, so we've talked, you know, a lot about nurture the way that you were nurtured by your mother and the way you nurture your children how do you mother and nurture yourself you know i'm (laughs) as much as i i i know that that is extremely important 
I'm still trying to figure out the best ways to do that. And and some of the smallest ways that I make sure I do that is I sp- I'm, I'm the main caretaker of my children. My husband leaves the house. He has his own business mm-hmm. and he's a general contractor. He has a plumbing company. Mm-hmm. So his his with him working in the business and running the business, mm-hmm. he has a lot of responsibility. So he leaves home before the children wake. And um, recently in the last like six months, his schedule has been changed. So he comes home a lot earlier, which has just been amazing. Mm-hmm. But when he comes home, um, or before he comes home, I'll prepare him to let him know what kind of day it's been. And <laughs> so he knows if I need a moment and mm-hmm. whether that means I'm just going to go in the room and close the door and you just make sure the children don't come and ask me for anything. Just let them know whatever they need. Leave mommy alone for a moment. And come ask daddy because mm-hmm. I'm sure you can understand. Yes. Mommy is the first person being called. Daddy can be right there <laughs> doing nothing. Yes. And you can be juggling seven dishes in your head and they're going to ask you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think just um, letting my letting my husband know what I need and mm-hmm. giving him the opportunity to give it to me because he's, you know, being that he's not here most of the day during the week, um, I always have to paint the picture for him of what my day looks like. He can imagine because, I mean, he knows what it's like with, with the four kids just from when he comes home and, and on the weekends when we're all together. So all I, I have to just make, I've had to make sure that I'm very vocal about what I need or what kind of day I had so that I can have the space when I need it. Um mm-hmm. And even during the day, when the kids, my older two are old enough. So Sanaya, my daughter, she's the oldest. She'll be 13 in October. Mm -hmm. And she's like my little mini-me. Sometimes I have to tell her, like, you're not the mom. You don't have to step (laughs) into mom mode right now. Like, you're in sister mode, okay? You're big sister. It's a difference, Mm -hmm. you know? So um, her and then my son, my oldest son, he's 10. And then I have a five and a Mm three-year-old. So my Sanaya and Kyrie, my 12 and 10 year old I can tell them like okay hey can you you go read a book with Nasir Kari you go get Aziz and go in the backyard and ride bikes I'm gonna go in my room and just sit down and read for about 15 minutes mm-hmm. so I get so I positions are our flow during the day so that the older two can entertain the younger two so that I can have a moment to sip some tea and just slow down because we're going, going, going from the moment they wake up. You know, kids, they don't slow down. They don't stop. So, um, so just speaking up to my husband when I need space or I need a break and also just setting, making space in the day and training my children to know that we all need to slow down for a minute. Sometimes I'm like, okay, everybody get a book. We're going to sit on the floor for 30 minutes. You don't have to go to sleep, but we're all going to rest. I just need mm. the whole house to stop right now. Right. And, you know, sometimes that's that's all you have. I think there's seasons through motherhood. Like, I joke with one of my good friends, like, hey, she, her children are around the same age. She only has three, though. But um, we're in the season of get it how you can. We're not in the season of our children are bigger and less needy and less dependent and we can do all the different things. Like we're in a stage where our family needs so much of us. Mm -hmm. So we have to find those little pockets of taking care of ourselves. So for when it comes to time and having some peace of mind, those are the two things I lean in on is figuring it out through the day. And then when my husband comes home to relieve me, 
and um and 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 really staying in touch with friends like mm-hmm. my my friendships my sisterhood my oh goodness they are like the root of my joy some days even just being able to have a, a good rich conversation or or um you know it's been a little strange since covid not being able to see people as much but mm-hmm. we've got a uh, creative like a couple of me and my friends we do like a zoom We'll do like a Zoom lunch, not Zoom, uh, FaceTime, because now you can FaceTime like multiple people mm-hmm. at a time. And we'll just get dressed and sit with each other and oh. talk and eat. And even if it's just for like 30, 45 minutes, the kids can come in and out and ask a million questions and interrupt or whatever. But we just do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I found creative ways as they connected to those relationships that really, those relationships that really fill me up. So, yeah. Those are the, the smallest ways that I'm taking care of myself, you know, during this yeah. time and the climate of our yeah. <laughs> environment. But they have such a big impact. Like, you feel it when you don't take that time. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. For sure. It's the small things that that equal out to be so profound, for mm-hmm. sure. Did you see your mom nurturing and taking care of herself when you were growing up? No, not not in the ways that I am trying to establish for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do know that she always has support. So I know that she got those moments of being alone. Mm-hmm. I know she because I always had an aunt or a um my godmother or uh, a mom's my mom's friend, anyone who could come pick us up or come watch us or my mom had time. And then, you know, we would also be have time with our father, too. So mm-hmm. um, so she she got the solo time that she needed. But, you know, my mom didn't all she never worked a corporate job or a job where she had health insurance Mm. so my mom so just when it comes to that's back to that wellness of being able to even have regular dentist appointments and being able to take care of go and have a regular health care provider on a regular basis that was not something that was that wasn't something that was constant in her womanhood Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so um so i know that there were times that um she wasn't able to just take care of herself, that basic need mm-hmm. of health care, mm-hmm. you know. So, like, my father, he worked a steady... My father worked for the hospital mm-hmm. um, in the dietary department. So, me and my brother, we we always had health care. But I can remember my mom just not being able to provide that, that need for herself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't notice that until I was uh, a bit older. Mm-hmm. And she would run into some health concerns and just the struggle that it was to be able to um, take care of them. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So how did you come into learning how to take care of yourself, given that it wasn't something that your mother was really able to do for herself, so it wasn't something you saw? I'm still on a journey with that and it's all become it's all from reading like reading I've always been I am reading is like what I do for fun mm-hmm. like a good time for me is sitting down with some tea and a book 
I would rather be lost, right? I would rather be lost in a book than out somewhere, <laughs> you know? So um, I've always been a seeker of information. If there's something that I don't know, I know how to find it. If, I, if there's something that's lacking in my life, I know that I can go and be self-taught and teach myself and figure out. So it probably wasn't until, honestly, mm-hmm. the last, let's say, six years that I've been more intentional about seeking information about really taking care of myself and mm-hmm. like through, like I talk about through eating, through the foods and mm-hmm. what vitamins should I be taking and what, you know, even going and getting um, certain testing done, like, like I recently, I know this might be TMI, but like I recently had a stool test and just to even know mm-hmm. what types of information comes back from that about your immunity, your your level, your immune system, how strong is it? What are some of the things that are low and lacking? And, you know, just even taking those steps, those are not things that my mom did or taught me about or taught me about mm-hmm. preparing or even the way that I view my, my menstrual cycle now, mm-hmm. you know, like it's, I have a beautiful relationship with that time of the month for me, mm-hmm. you know, like, and that wasn't something that my mom taught me either. She taught me how to take care of myself. She definitely taught me how to take space during my cycle. Like mm-hmm. this is the time for you. Don't overexert yourself. Make sure you have what you need. Mm-hmm. Let me know if you need anything, but I've taken it to a deeper level as I've become older and really recognizing how one, even letting my family know like, okay, so for this week, I'm taking it easy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need you guys to pick up the slack because I need to rest a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. really just mm-hmm. taking that time to reset and relax in a way that I just don't, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And honoring my body in that way. So there are things and and that awakening came from reading a book. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're probably familiar with Latham Thomas, her mm-hmm. book, Own Your Glow. Yes. Girl, Own Your Glow, I highlighted that whole book, okay? <laughs> I was like, yes. But I love that book so much. I made all of my friends buy it. Those who don't even read, I'm like, no, sis, you're going to buy this book, and we're going to talk about it. And we had like a... um like a virtual uh, book club. Mm-hmm. And I made, there were certain powerful gems in that book that I made sure my friends had started to implement throughout their, you know, their, their lives. Because mm-hmm. these are things that I know we can easily pass up unless you were really walked through this way of living and taking care of yourself. Otherwise, you don't know. Right. You know, right. and you haven't been conditioned to really think about yourself on such a deep level and your body and your existence and how to really maintain that from the inside out. You have to become educated and there has to be someone else to bring you to that light. So mm-hmm. for me, it's definitely been books. I've had many mentors through the source of books mm-hmm. that have helped me and I've shared it with with friends that I know it's it's really helped them too. So yeah. yeah. So with all that you've learned from books, from your experience of being mothered and your experience of mothering, if someone were to come to you and say, What's something that I should remember when mothering? What's something I should hold close and hold on to? What would you tell them? Mm. hold on to the truth 
that you were made for this. Mm. Because there's so many times where you're like, oh, like how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? This is a long haul. Mothering is a long mm-hmm. haul, right? Mm-hmm. And there's so many different seasons where you're like, oh, this is just so hard. And it's mm-hmm. not something that you can escape, right? Mm-hmm. But yet it as we know, with with every difficulty comes some ease, and then there might be some more difficulty, and then there's ease, but but you're strengthened through that process. And then you look back and you realize how much power you really have to evolve. And then you become stronger and you're just evolved like a plant, you know? Mm-hmm. The plant starts as a seed as a mother. When you first become a mother, now the seed is already in you, right? Mm-hmm. Naturally, we were created to produce Mm -hmm. so it's just something that we have to water and grow inside of us so i say as a mother too know that you were built for this and continue to seek the guidance along the way read those books you know have relationships with with women that who who are mothers and grandmothers who can guide you and give you some encouragement like my my mother's friends who were like my aunties and godmothers they've guided me so much and encouraged me because they've been where I'm going right even Mm -hmm. though our stories are different Mm -hmm. but we all have a common thread we are mothers Mm -hmm. no one can understand a mother like another mother Mm -hmm. but when you can understand that regardless of how hard the days get how hard the season is Mm -hmm. (laughs) you were made for this and you have to just figure it out figure out what you need for yourself and figure out what tools resources and information don't you have that you need to go out and get Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah understand that you were built for this and then go out and get what you need to keep trucking because it's a, it's a long way to go. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.